Welcome to the World of Wisdom podcast. And this episode is one where I don't even have a tiny little sort of sketched frame in my mind. I'm just curious to dive in and to be with what is. And the guest who has made me take that leap with no frames at all because of her wonderful, wonderful, wonderful energy is Ka Fansen. Welcome to the podcast, Ka. Thank you, Amit. I'm very happy to be here as well. And hello, world out there. I'm uh, going to start, however, with uh, in the way that we normally start, which is with a very open and probably very simple question of uh, who are you, Ka Fansen? I am, I'm coming from where the river Spree and the river Havel are meeting and a place in a country called Germany at the moment. And the closest mountain-like thing is called the Teufelsberg, which is the Devil's Mountain, which is put together by 22 years of work of people uh, clearing the the garbage of the Second World War into a mountain in the city of Berlin. I am the daughter of Sabine, who was a painter and artist, who is the daughter of Durette, who was a nurse and a wife of an Nazi officer in the Second World War. And I'm the daughter of Lutz, who is a, is a consultant and beautiful father um, of me and my brother. Um, yeah, and I'm also living on planet Earth, uh, sharing this with a lot of other beings. I'm 47 years old. I have three kids, 21 and 10 and 8, all sons. Um, I am um, a catalyst, I would say. And um, I'm, I'm probably a catalyst of worldview updates or something like that. And a catalyst for connections and relations. My, my path has led me through a lot of very, very different things. So I, I, I'm, a, I'm a digital native and I started with working with computers and mainboards and hardwiring hardware things and installing software and creating networks. And then I became a counselor or, or, or psychological consultant and studied uh, social work, social management, and um, became a social therapist. Uh, while at the same time always being a spiritual seeker and um, and border walking or something like that. I'm, I'm always with one foot here and one foot on the other side. Um, so yeah, so there's the digital and there's the human and there's the spiritual and then there's the consulting aspect of what I'm doing. I like to work with large groups. I like to work with suddenly upcoming beautiful events. I like to jump in where I'm needed. Um, 
I like to weave between networks and between activist scene and inner development scene and between the political field and the business field. And I've, I've worked in all these areas with municipalities for participatory design challenges and I've worked in huge consultant projects and I've worked in corporates for a while. So there's a lot of experience coming together while, yeah, while actually always catalyzing something that hasn't, hasn't been there before. Mm. Thank you. I just realized when you started answering how beautiful it is that you brought in the place where you come from. It did something in, in me. It changed something. Yeah, we were together at the merch gathering. Uh, that's where we met for the first time, you and I. And there was uh, Phoebe Tickles practice that she brought in from Joanna Macy through her moral imaginations work and she and she introduced it with um, I think it was a TV session where, where she said that actually we would introduce ourselves in, in indigenous ways by naming a river and a mountain where we come from and I, I have these roots here and and these roots mean something to me. And so I wanted to share it. Yeah, thank you. And another thing, and one of the things that really caught me um, was you have been doing some work and, and are probably uh, still as with like visual documentation. or um, And you were also doing that at the Emerge Gathering. And when you stepped up onto that stage and like wove the story of the gathering from, from the way that you had seen it, the themes that you had picked up on, the undercurrents that was there, that was just something, it really caught me in a nice way. It was like exactly what I needed and it came from a different place than a lot of the rest of the gathering. So I was uh, could rest in that moment uh, a lot. And I... I was curious about that ability to weave art into what otherwise was also a quite a mindy, mindy context. Where does that come from? I, I have a question back before I answer. Um, so you said that 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 was that you spoke to the difference of where, of the place where it came from. Can you say more? was a quality of presence in how you spoke and how you told the story and it felt vibrant and alive. It wasn't just something that was being reiterated that had been said before. It was creation at that moment. That's how I perceived it. Yeah, I think I can speak to that. Um it's it's weird. There's a lot happening in my mind at the same time. So I realize while you speak that I am a circular being. That so time is probably not linear for me, and um, that I am when when I do a graphic recording or when I do a visualization of a process, I am in multiple timelines at the same time and I am in multiple perceptions at the same time and I 
see multiple patterns overlap. And I try to I try to grasp the movement of these. And yes, I might write words on the graphic recording. Um, but and the, the listeners now don't see what I'm doing with my hands. I'm making a spiral movement with my hands. Um, I try to grasp the the emotion of what's being said and what's being expressed, and I try to root myself in the in the felt centers of connection of the spoken words or of the workshops during a conference. I try to really feel into, okay, where does this overlap? Where does it come together? And, and I learn while I'm doing the graphic recording or the visualization or the strategic visualization or the, also the process facilitation. It, it, it's not necessarily only happening with visualizing. Also when I'm consulting, I learn not about the project or the workshop or the company or the team, I learn with them in my own connections to my own worlds that I have been into. And then I am a really intense understander. <laughs> so I have a lot of like epiphanies and I try to visualize them in a way or I, I try to um, to convey them also with the words that I'm speaking. And, and that means that when you listen to me, you get the aliveness of these different moments. Like when I'm speaking about the Emerge Gathering now or about the, the, the conversation that we had at the dinner table afterwards, I am still there. And there's the taste of the rice and there's the noise of the merch people around us. And there's the frustration about everything that didn't happen in the room and the excitement about everything that did happen. And, and that's kind of in my, in my conveying or storytelling or something like that. And then while I speak, I do understand more. And in the graphic recording, the, the graphic recording is something where the visualization is something where, where truths come together in a way that another truth can become visible. And I'm always curious when I look at the visualization, like, okay, what do I understand now as I look at it? Because there's more to understand than I did, than I did see before, right? There are words written next to each other where I didn't pay attention before and then it also makes sense afterwards. I'm like, huh, I didn't see this. Look, wow, there's the elephant and here's the thing and here's that. And um and then it becomes the next happening while the other happenings that are portrayed in it or becoming alive in it are also there. And so it's this multi layered event actually. <laughs> It sounds like what, what's coming up for me is that when, when you said that you're a circular being, I, I love that. Um, but it sounds like a very embodied way of understanding time. Like it's, 
I, I have this experience of in, when I've been doing movement practices and also working with trauma through embodiment, um, the body doesn't seem to understand time. I mean, it's, it's, re, it's there or it's not. Like either I'm fully there and I'm having the experience or it's not. And, and that's what kind of came up to me as you were speaking. Does that ring true? Mm, yes, absolutely. And to me, it's not a question of there or not, but it's like it's, it's there in multiple facets and it's not there in multiple facets. So if you connect this with the polyvagal theory, for example, um, we, it's, it's not that we are either fight, flight, or present. It's, or the other Fs and other trauma thingies, right? Um, so it's, it's that we, that parts of us are um, dissociated and parts of us are very present and that can shift. Like a whole, for example, if I'm really alive, then I don't know, a huge part of me is present. While maybe there's this tiny part that is not present. Right? And maybe some parts are, are, are inhibited or asleep or tense or, or, or triggered forever until someone comes and sees them, touches them, speaks to them and eases them. Or until we discover them through a process that we haven't done before. Yeah, it's it's interesting because the the visualization aspect with me has some has a trauma a, a, a trauma story in my life. Like my mother and I, we did not have a very easy relationship with each other, and she was a painter, so the way that I related to visual art with pens and, and, um, and brushes and stuff and the artist way, I, I always made a big circle around it and never touched it. Like I played instruments, guitar and whatsoever. And I, I wrote poetry and expressed myself in different ways, but I never took a pen or paper. And, um, and, and if I did it, it was a very frustrating experience in relation to her. So at one point, uh, two friends of mine, Matthias Weidbrecht from Visual Facilitators and the, the wonderful Sabine Zuda from Co-Creative Flow, they, they came to me and they said, your brain needs to be on paper. <laughs> How you listen to things and what you understand, you need to make this visible. I was like, yes, I, you do this. I speak. And then... Uh, or I facilitate, or I listen with, and they really made me participate in one of their workshops. And I had I had uh, nightmares before of me drawing and my mother not liking it or whatsoever, right? Oh. And then I did it, and it was I I discovered a hidden talent and something that was really embodied in me. And she never like taught me. She never said, "Look, you have to hold the brush like this, or you have to." Or these are the colors that you can use together. I learned through being alive at the same time with her. And I, I, I breathed her ways of holding pens in and brushes and, and her, her color combination and her aesthetics of approaching something. I, 
that's deeply ingrained in my physical system. And, and when I started, I discovered that. It was all there. Was like, oh my God, I can do it. And so something healed within me. And the, there was a huge knot and huge tension in me that, that I could work with and on when I started um, making art in a visual way. That's beautiful. And I also wanted to just underline something that you said, which had such strong resonance with me. It's a perspective that I'm missing, but it's exactly what you said right before, which, which is the, this idea that we have different parts of us that are at different levels, so to speak. And I think there's so much focus. Well, I don't know if it's general or if it's in the circles that I'm hanging out, but there is a seems to be a desire to progress and to develop and to move up. And, uh, and uh, I just felt I could, again, I could relax into something when you were making it visible there that we are moving at different parts. Different parts of us are moving at different pace and some parts of us are open and other parts of us are closed and some parts are aware and, and others are not. And some are conscious and some are not. And yeah, but it's also, it, it is that, um, to me, it, it still is like it, it resonates strongly. It doesn't, I can't think my way to that. It's too many threads almost mm -hmm. to hold in my head. It's something that is just felt. It's That's a vibration. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, I mean, if one of the things that I felt in you was both an openness and a curiosity, which is again like very much alive and with all the experience you have and you bring with you, um, there was also this feeling that you were really listening and like our conversation, again, it was alive. It was not just words being said, it was alive and, and like there. And so how would you characterize that? Is that a skill or is that something that you're born is an ability that you're born with. How how would one cultivate that? <laughs> wow! I'm um, first of all, thank you. Um, these are beautiful things to hear. And then, that's a really good question. I, I I'm just thinking whether I want to follow up on this thread. Um, maybe quickly, I, there, there seems to be when, when I am in, in a good state and, and beware, I'm not always in a good state and I can be <laughs> really close and really weird if I'm not, but when I'm in a good state and, um, um, then I, then there's, I can see the fairies on the words that are being spoken and they travel on them, right? And I can see them in the plants and I can see them in, 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 it's not like I see tiny beings, but it's, it's a, it's a buzzing energy of, of magic and love. And I have decided at many different points in my life but at, at one very, very special point in my life when I was around 26, I, I remember that I, I dedicated my life to this. 
I dedicated my life to this. I, I, I promised in the light of the full moon to myself and to my and to the to, to, to the beings that were around me witnessing and to time and to space time that I would care. And there's something that in what you were speaking to, which is the circularity or the spiralarity or the torosality <laughs> or the the mobiosality <laughs> of of all that is uh, that is so important to to follow up on and with and that that we never forget that the, the if if we get rid of all the knots in our heads we're on the wrong path right if if it's all clear it's utterly the wrong path <laughs> it must not be by definition and um and i think that is also when i spoke to always having one foot on this side and one foot on that side that it is contributing to constantly being confused and there was this beautiful beautiful poet at the end of the emerge gathering and she had this this one sentence that has been repeated all over the place is cruising the confusing and finding it amusing and and there's so much beauty and love in this and so much truth like we are on a path and we cruise we don't know where it leads us and it will forever be confusing and we must not never ever lose the vitality of laughter and humorousness and play in this and oh God, i have so many things in my head i want to speak to the work that we're doing <laughs> um with friendy because there has been the great stage theory debate um and you you spoke a little bit to that that there are so many people who want to develop and who want to become better and who want to to grow and and i have spoken to the circularity and there is i i understand that that the methodology with which we are working to look at people's and i use the word development right here in quotation marks um because it's actually a becoming alive in multiple patterns where we can become alive mm -hmm. and with the parts of us that are already alive and can venture on and the other parts are slowly waking up and caressing and, and connecting and reconnecting and um i think sarah oh geez i forgot her, her last name Oh, we need to follow up on this. Um, she does ancestor work, and she used uh, the word remembering with a hyphen in between. So there, there are members within us that are not members of us. And how can we remember what has been dismembered? And then the whole question of linearity and linear development and and going on to the next stage becomes a circular movement. And Henry Andrews has made a, a huge effort, um, beautiful way to put the Graves model into a circle, 
um, so that we can. And, there, and, and what I think about at the same time is uh, what Tyson Juncker-Porter also writes in, in his book, Scent Talk, that there is no word for non-linear in the native Australian languages um, because that would, why would it be? There, there's nothing, nothing linear out there, so why would there be a word for something that is not linear? And and the question that I'm following as well with the way I am maybe is how can we bring aliveness to exactly this truth? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And and um, I mean, at least to me. <laughs> I'm at the moment. So I don't know. I can't speak for anybody else. Um, and there's also something very f- fundamental around that which I haven't really seen before. So it's exciting. But it's the, I've always kind of resisted the move towards clarity and move towards stillness because to me, that is also death. To me, life is kind of messy. And, and it's, 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 there is this um, my way into the systems world and the systems thinkers was a course with Fritjof Capra that was called the system's view of life. And one of the fundamental things that he says there is that you have to realize that when it comes to balance in life, it's always utterly imbalanced. Like it's two imbalanced parts and there's flow. That is life. Mm. Uh, If we have balance, which is a static balance, not a dynamic one, then it's dead. And so there is something around there with the... It relates very strongly to me to what you are saying, which is a, the way that I'm hearing it, this is growth, this, this betterment, this, all of that, it comes alive when you are being pulled back and when you slip and when you trip and when you are being held up. And the messiness is kind of the, the most fun parts in a way. And when we put it in a nice little square box or several boxes and put them on top of each other and make a pyramid or something like that, then it dies if we believe it. Um, it becomes another map, if you will. And then there is that, there's that saying that the map is not the territory. But then someone clever said, the map is not the territory, but once you've made the map, it becomes part of the territory, which is again speaking to that messiness. Like you can't, it's a double bind you can't get out of, but you're not supposed to get out of it until you're done. Yeah, yeah. That's the same picture as when you say there is life and there is death, and, but actually death is part of life. And it's a, different, it's a different logical type while it's the same logical type. And you're like, huh? Wait, how does that work? Yeah. I've been just thinking about a glass bead game experience that I had and we played on Paradox. And um, the, the glass bead game, for the listeners who do not know, is a, is a, is a, a novel by Hermann Hesse and the game around uh, which this novel is uh, circling. And it, the game nowadays has been, that I'm speaking about, has been invented and developed by Lawrence Curry Clark. And it's a beautiful practice to explore collective truths 
and in a playful way and to learn and mature in your in your perspectives and the multiplicity of possible perspectives it's awesome so we played on paradox and i realized that speaking about universal laws or truths or just things that are um paradoxes are and there is a fundamental paradox in everything and i realized while we played that glitches are part of the fundamental pattern of existence without glitches there would be no mutations without mutations there would be no creativity there would be no life there would be no diversity there would be no no differences right the, the glitch is probably why we exist in the first place right and also that is something that that brings out and then we're coming back to the question like who are you and i can answer in a very different way i can say i am the jester or i am a trickster i am part of the trickster energy and maybe i'm a i'm a business trickster or i'm a an organizational jester or something like that um if that would exist so i am a glitch and i'm contributing to glitches and i'm contributing to how we can how we can stumble through life in the in in a way that looks at least a little bit elegant right? because actually we're doing nothing else and then then it's it, it becomes a question of how how loving and kind and careful and laughing can we be while we try to um i'm lacking a verb ourselves through this mess mm. Mm. what comes online for me when you say that is the um, there's that willingness to kind of make others look good it's also what I, what I was hearing when you were you weren't saying grace, but you were talking about elegance of like and there is something around that skill of of catching catching people as they fall so that they know that they can you know and it's, it's going to be okay yeah that reminds me of my first long year training as a social therapist. It is integrative therapy um, and integrative therapy starts way back with Heraklit uh, and you cannot put, in, uh, put your foot in the same river twice. And it uh, moves through Derrida's deconstruction into process where we are processual beings right and where all diagnostics must be mutual consensus co-respondent processes that are only shedding a light of a moment in time and then we're coming back to how can we diagnose someone's development which with friendly we are in a way doing but holding this as a moment in time of a process and this process is actually a process where we become friends 
with ourselves and thus become friends with the life around us and become friends and kin in kinship and walk alongside what we do and friendly with care with ourselves and the people that are around us and the living and non-living people like the indigenous um, perspective on non-living people being people as well like the stone people are being alive right there is no non-life non-aliveness and um and i i really learned to become myself's best friend like and this is such a profound insight you are going to spend the rest of your life with yourself 24 7 and what if you treat yourself badly what if there's only this nagging voice that is saying like you did it wrong you did it wrong you didn't get up early enough you didn't go to bed early enough you didn't eat well you didn't run enough you didn't nah, 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 nah. and we're walking around with this and that while being this trying to be nice to others is utterly difficult because then we become envious and then we become and oh god so yeah how can i be myself's best friend and how can i be a project to myself and while i hold myself as i fall and i realize i can because i'm embedded in everything that holds myself as i fall and makes it possible then my my presence becomes something that can hold others as they fall and we're actually all just falling through space-time. Ah, yes. Ah. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Mm. I'm feeling, it feels like I'm hearing uh, a completely different idea around progress embedded in that line of, thinking then progress becomes something very different from at least the type of of meaning of that word i've been exposed to in my lifetime mm. would you want to think out loud on on that mm. like weave that into the mm. mm -hmm. yeah yeah let's see what comes up i have no clue what i'm going to say so um the first thing that i i think when i hear progress is oh that's a latin word I've been in Latin school <laughs> and it's consisting of pro and ready and ready means to walk and pro means to ah, just different meanings it means to walk forward but it also means to walk for something or towards something like there is an intention in it if we look at it from a different way and I think we're like we have to reinvent the words and the language we have to dive deeply into the double meaning like pro is not only forward it's for something there's intention in it and so what is the intention that is in marching forward or in in in, in walking forward um and it's that then then i'm coming back to the circular movement and i'm just in, in my head i can just see at the moment how the earth like the first thing is how the earth is spinning around itself so follow my picture okay 
So there is this vastness of the black sky universe, right? And we're looking at the Earth, and the Earth is spinning around itself, like frantically, extremely fast, right? And while it's spinning around itself, it's spinning around the Earth. And while it's spinning around the, the sun, right? And while it's spinning around the sun, the moon is spinning around the Earth. And while all this happens, there are these other planets with other multiple trajectories. And then the sun is spinning around the center of the galaxy so that multiple million years ago, our starry night looked quite different from how it is now. And the North Star wasn't the North Star. And while all this happens, we, as beings of flesh and blood, walk across this planet and invented the word progress. And, and we're doing like one step and we're trying to to describe something with it that must be embedded in all this circular movement. And if I look at it this way, there, then I can, then I laugh and I chuckle and I'm like, yeah, what, what is progress? Like, what is, what is it? And, and then the second thing that I think is then thinking in opposites, I'm like, okay, progress. And the opposite of progress from the Latin word, right, um, would be regress. And then there's also where the word regret comes from, question mark. Mm. Not sure. That's an uh, association that's just happening. And the, the other word, the, the third word with the gred root that comes to my mind is aggression, is agredi, which also means when you follow the Latin to walk towards something like for like the pro and the ag it's it's a similar energy and then i quite i'm asking like with all these things connecting in my head i'm like hmm, don't we maybe mix something up here like should we take the aggression out of the progression and what is mm. the progression actually meaning um and the progression, and then we're coming back to scientific terms. Progression is also an astrophysical term. And it means the, the progression of the solar, of the, where the sun comes up and goes down, and where the, how the sun mm. progresses across the year over the, over the horizon. And then it's a circular movement all over again. And we, we made something linear that is not meant to be linear, that needs to hold an intention of circularity. Yeah. It sounded like there was a, without doing too much violence to the word, but there sounded like that intention. I mean, there's a, sounds like there's something there which could be, you know, soulful even like almost that, it, that there's a there's a potential for that <laughs> almost back to the glitch in a way in which word like that the, the glitch um in the in the progress mm -hmm. but there's the um, ah, my, my head is taking me on a on a long loop here but, <laughs> and it's going through it's going through it's really interesting to think about the, the time or all of the components generating time kind of being circular in one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And then the way that we have 
we are currently seeing time uh, in our Western society, at least, it is is linear, and it's like this arrow of 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 something, and then it's the what you were saying around the the aggression, taking that out of the progress. That would be the the way that it, it, I saw it in my for my inner eye was that it was like that the the aggression was around bending the bending the circular time arrow into like ah, a, nice. into like a straight, you know. Um, and when we we stop holding that, when when we stop wasting, that oh my god, energy, I can feel it. It's just it like, takes us. Wow! Right. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> snaps back into. <laughs> and that's, it feels like there's enough energy there almost to just run the universe. You know, it's like, <laughs> what, what are we talking about? Yeah. And this is so nice. And, and it comes back for me to the great letting go, right? We, we, we just, we just need to let go and then we can relax into the circle. It brings me brings me back also to what you were saying around trust, you know, or care rather. That that you're you set that intention to care. And and it just struck me when you said that as well. There wasn't any it was just to care. It wasn't the way you expressed it now at least. It wasn't for something or or you know, it, it was just to care, like to, to be in that act of caring. That feels also like something we need at the moment, <laughs> more of. <laughs> Absolutely. Ah. And and that is something where, yeah, 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 God, I would need so much care as well. Where's my coffee? Someone should bring me coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And that's, oh, God, yeah. Well, where do we go to from here? There's so there, I'm I'm going uh, I'm I'm gonna check in a bit on the meta level. So mm. um, so now here we are. We have identified so many things, and we have ventured into into realms of looking at at the whole. And then we 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 sit here together with this yeah the care. And then there's the question of where do we take this? And there is there is different possibilities of taking this. We could take this into what would need to be done, or what are the next steps, or where is it that care is right now, or where is it that care is not, and and what does care actually mean, and how do we express it? Um, and this would probably be a very reasonable conversation. But I don't think it's the point. <laughs> Something around care, though, which is... I'm going to see if I, can, if I can stitch this together. But I realized recently that I have only really experienced partial care in my life and it has been a very intense care but it hasn't been it's been given in a certain way it hasn't been unconditional 
I would say. That's the way that I've experienced it. And part of my opening up journey, which I'm on at the moment, or my spiritual journey, if you will, or but it, it feels like more than spiritual. So I'm, I'm just going to say that my, my journey of opening up, of like in, stepping into curiosity and, and stepping into that, um, what we were alluding to before with like that, that idea of like that it's okay for me to fall too. I've started to discover a different care, a, a care that could, would be much closer to the way that I felt when you were using that word before. And it's kind of, it's closely related to trust in a way. It, it's like omnipresent. It's, it's almost like a precondition. It's, it's um, that thing which kind of fills in all the gaps. Mm-hmm. Like wherever there is, seems to be nothing. That's where it is. But um, I'm, I'm also acutely aware that I've had to really venture into myself to discover where I was limited. It, it was, that, that was difficult to see where there were restrictions and f- like where the flow, where there wasn't flow. It's really difficult to discover. Yeah, I, I don't have a conclusion to it or a question hooked to that. that that's, I just wanted to bring that mm-hmm. in and make it visible. I, I relate your, the story of your experience that you just shared with something that I experience quite often and that in the integrative um, therapy or psychology where I have been um, trained in and teaching in for a long time, we call that a vital experience, Mm. a vital evidence, not experience. That's an experience of vital evidence. And vital evidence means that three at least layers come together. That's a physical, a cognitive, and a spiritual or a soulful um, component. Mm. Uh, Where in um, philosophical and uh, psychological terms, we have the, it's rather philosophical, we have the term Leiblichkeit. And in English, that would be translated with corporal reality. And corporal reality um, entails the whole of your of your body. And it's not only body, it's also mind, and it's also soul, and it's also emotions, and, and the whole, right? Mm. And if you experience something on all these levels, throughout all these levels, it teaches you. It's, it teaches us. And... And you can experience lacks and gaps and stops of flow and barriers. But you can also experience flow states and and insights and connectedness and care um, throughout all these all these levels. And it is a deeply healing and connective experience. It makes sense on all levels and that is what we are striving for when we are talking about new methodologies of of leadership development how can we be as connected with ourselves 
that we can experience life and whatever happens around us in all these levels. And that is artful. And that is full of art. And that is a poetic experience that helps us fill the gaps, what you just said, right? It's like it morphs into our being and it fills us with, it fills me with, is there, there is the word solace coming up, right? To be touched, received, seen, mirrored, and on a very physical level, the, the nerve impulse is going further, right? Um, on all these levels is, is something that, and that you, you spoke to that in the very beginning of your, of your sharing, is something that we rarely experience to be cared for fully or to experience care fully. Because mm. what it hooks into for me is then that sort of is very <laughs> mundane, but the, the Steve Jobs uh, kind of quote that, that people will always act from or invent or, or desire what they know. It's hard to desire something that you don't know or haven't experienced in a way. Like when we are looking at new technology development, you know, before the iPad existed, nobody knew that they wanted an iPad. And then, and then there was an iPad and, and then everybody wanted it, right? It's not fully true, but nonetheless. And, and I'm wondering kind of the, let's say that we are stuck with the flip phones of care. <laughs> what, what's going to be the iPhone so that people have a, desire for that they can desire or, or yearn for or, or not even desire because I don't think necessarily that, that that lack is necessary but but there's something there with which is I don't know but this is my theory of change uh, coming through right interesting like if, if people could see it yeah I don't think we would have to do anything more mm. Mm. and then there are the patterns and then there are the structures, and then there are the double binds. I think um, I understand your question, and I think it's it it leads us astray. Um, mm. We do not need to create more desires or change the other, right? Or wish to change the other. A, there is no other, and B, where, where do I end? Where do you begin? We're, out, we're sharing an experience here, and everybody who's listening in is sharing this experience, and, and you know what we're talking about, right? So where did I want to take this? Um, yeah, this experience that we're speaking to and from and about and from within it, of, of, of a deep spiritual connection of a, of a care that is throughout flowing throughout your whole body and makes you, makes you want to care and receive and give this back. We have all experienced this 
because we are from the texture that only exists because of if there hadn't been love and deep care throughout your lines of ancestors we wouldn't be here mm. and if there hadn't been a sacrifice for someone we wouldn't be here and and if there if there were no glitches that's what i said right um all these stories come from a place that holds the potential for these stories so the potential and the knowledge and the experience if time is circular are in here mm. and what came up to me uh, was that if there hadn't been competition yeah frankly i think we would still have been here if there hadn't been competition yeah yeah we would still have been here you know i just ordered the new book of david kreiber that comes out post mortem that he wrote together with this uh, archaeologist that rewrites the last 30,000 years of human history i forgot the name but i'm super curious because they're actually looking at okay so we have been fighting and we have been having uh, artificial hierarchies of power over in the last 5,000 years apparently right there are stories about it everywhere but before that, there are no stories about this. Before that, if you dig mm. into the earth and you look at the patterns, well, there apparently has been something else, right? So people did not kill each other. Although they had fields and animals and built crops and so on and so forth. So there, there must be a different story. And what is this story? And I'm, I'm very curious to, to read this book. It come out in November sometime, and I'll, I'll probably have it by the end of November. And it's you know where I think we're 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 coming into a situation here where we we end up with the with the the old question of are we actually good or are we actually bad? Ah. But what is the what is the picture? Like and and you spoke about your theory of change, right? What what, what is the picture that we're having from ourselves? versus the picture that we're having from the others. And that's, that, that comes back to social-emotional development and what we're looking at with, with our leadership profile and friendly. We're looking, okay, what is the picture that you have from yourself and the other and the relation of yourself to the world and the other? Do we actually believe that what's out there is hostile or friendly? And what do we believe about ourselves? And how do how big is our comfort zone to to act from in love and care? What are the beliefs that we're holding, and how can we challenge them? And also, this is 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 um, is not a linear development. It's a it's a mishmash of circles of okay. In this topic with these persons, I can behave very generous and beautiful, and my aesthetics and tonality are even challenging situations they are they can be called mature or wise and then in this situation on that day with this person i utterly fail and i scream and i struggle and to like discover where where are the edges and how can i bring the the patterns across that are that are healthy into these into these edges of my 
of my being where I'm still not touched by the beauty or where I'm still um, struggling? And when is it? Are there patterns? And can we see patterns in this? Yeah. That, that feels incredibly alive, both, both for me personally, but then it's just like that, that idea that I can, I can sit in, in these digital meetings and Zoom calls with, you know, in, you know, like for all, like people that I love, but they're still random people from across the world. And then I can completely fail to be present with my family, you know, and, <laughs> and that, that is, it's, it's so interesting how it works. Yeah. And sometimes um, it's the other way around. Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and it feels like there's something around that. Uh, that but that was that, this wanted to be said as well. I, I heard, I was listening to, to something again, this monastic academy. Um, they, are, they have a program for where they are trying to like, develop people uh, in general to, to be able to more, be more in touch and to be able to go out and create agency, a feeling of agency into the world. And, to work with and for and around this change. I think they called it something like they wanted to build multi, omni, omni harmonious beings. So like whenever they came into a system, they would increase the harmony of the, it's very fancy. <laughs> um, but, but something that they were saying, which I thought was quite interesting, um, was that the younger people that come into their program, when they started talking about ethics, they really had to pause and think about what is your starting point? Do you believe that people are good or not? Because a lot of the younger people were really struggling with the idea that people are fundamentally good or that there is these fundamental principles of care and love and that they are kind of seeping through the pores of us. Are there? That made me really sad. Yeah. <laughs> <I think. laughs> and maybe, you know, with all these philosophical meta questions, there is still dinner to prepare, right? And in the next house, someone is killing the other. And while you're preparing this beautiful dinner, and and there is the question, how are we? And I, there is evidence for for all of it. And then again, we're in the loop of not knowing. And we're in, in, in the absolute contextual moment where it matters how we are and how the ethics that we apply become aesthetics, aesthetics, and, and how, yeah, how much salt we put into the soup. This is really weird what I'm saying, but it brings me back to, to reality, right? Who I open the door for to feed them and how we tell these stories. I can so understand that young people are questioning what kind of species we are. But if I don't, again, I, 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 I try to weave that back in the circle our conversation about becoming friends with myself and becoming friends and holding me as I fall and holding us as we fall. And there is no knowing in how this will all turn out. 
No. And yet there is just, and, and yet there is that sort of, again, that if, if we just start from where we are, at least that's how I see it. If we can be with what is, then at least we know it will turn out. Well, that's one thing that is for sure. I was just going into like, okay, what is? We can't even start with a tiny, 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 tiny bit of what is that you and I can actually see at the moment in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Onwards with joy. Yeah. And it's kind of onwards with joy, like no matter what. That's that's at least for me, it feels very real. Sort of onwards with joy, love, care, no matter what. Well, yeah. And then I don't know who said that. Um, some some master, some mistress, some wise person, or maybe my neighbor. Joy is including grief. Joy is including, I mean, it was Stephen Jenkinson, or was it Gabor Mati, or I don't know. Anyway, um, joy doesn't mean happiness and laughter and lightness. Joy can be the deeply felt grief that my mother died two years ago, and I experience it right now. The love that I feel for her and the pain that is connected to the inability to have another conversation with her while she's breathing and present in the room with me. That is joyful. And that's that's the vital evidence that comes through. And that can be, and then pain is another experience that can also be joyful in the connectedness with all that is. Thank you. Maybe that's a good point to round off this circle. <laughs> Thanks for the invitation, Amit. Is there something else that wants to be said? Um, hmm. I'm good. I'm uh, inspired, and uh, yeah, that was a intense and nice and beautiful journey. Yeah, always. There's a certain feeling I get when when new ideas of like are, are unfolding in me. It feels in a very specific way, and that's happening right now. So it's it's a really nice, invigorating feeling, actually. Um, so thanks for that. And if people want to find you or work with you or work with Friendly, um, where should they be looking? They should drop me an email at ka at friendly dot org. A-A-A at F-R-A-E-N-D-I dot org. And that's the best way to reach me, I think. Look at our homepage, which is friendly.org, or find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. I link I link stuff in the in the episode text as well. So you you will be able to find it if you want to. And as in, uh, you know, being in Iceland, I really appreciate that use of the word friendly, <laughs> which is uh, like uncle uh, or something like that in Icelandic. And then Old Norse, it's uh, kinship. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Thank you so much, Carl, for taking the time. I really appreciate you and this conversation. 
and I'm looking forward to uh, keep weaving. Thank you, Amit. Thank you very much as well.